This program is sponsored by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Students and faculty aren't just ready for change at the Scripps College, they're hungry for it. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. Spectrum features conversations with an eclectic group of people. Some are famous and some aren't, but the common thread is that they all have captivating stories. Today we're talking with Chris Hellman, the Global Vice President and General Manager of Coca-Cola's Freestyle Division. Chris shares with us his transition from an advertising career to heading a billion-dollar innovation division for Coke. We also talk about the whole concept of innovation at an established brand like Coca-Cola. Give us sort of a a shorthand view of the journey that you've been on. I, I will give you the short version because I don't want to put all of your listeners to sleep. <laughs> but uh, the um, and uh, you know I so I left here with uh, with a degree and a lot of energy and and uh, enthusiasm for advertising. I was able to get an internship while I was between my junior and senior year in Atlanta at a small sales promotion agency. So when I graduated, they offered me a job. Um, I'm sure it was like about four steps below the poverty level. But uh, uh, Jen and I, we graduated the same year and I took the job and we moved down there and uh, lived with my sister for a bit. And and uh, I uh, worked for the sales promotion agency for about three years. And I learned a ton. And it was a small business. It was a very nurturing business. And, and but a lot of hands-on. Yeah, very much hands-on. You know, you did, you did everything. Um, some days you'd find yourself writing copy. The next day you'd be a traffic manager. Wow. So everything, uh, everything around the process. And, and like I said, it was a very caring company. The principal was, was and is still a mentor to me. And uh, so I did that for about three years. And I thought, you know, this is something I could do forever. But it kind of feels like the safe route. And um, I, I felt like I wanted to do more. I wanted to get into a bigger agency. I wanted to take some of those skills that I learned in that small agency. So I went to BBDO. And I went to BBDO in Atlanta. And um, boy, that was, a, that was a, a really hard transition from a very nurturing, small boutique shop to a worldwide agency that um, you know is fast moving and um, you know, at times not that nurturing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> pitching in the minor yeah. leagues and being called up to yes. pitch in the World Series. Isn't it, it? <laughs> kind of, exactly. And, uh, you know, no one, I, I don't think the first time pitcher in the World Series, no one can really prepare them for that. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so I, I did that for a while and I learned a ton and I had a, uh, I had a, a difficult and demanding boss at BBDO, but she also taught me some really critical skills and capabilities. And she helped me with my writing. She helped me with my business acumen. So I did that for a few years. And then out of the blue, I got a call from uh, um, uh, an ex-colleague from the earlier days when I was working at the sales promotion agency. We had done some project work for Coke. And out of the blue, I got a call, uh, would you like to come interview for this position? That was in uh, 1992. And I said, sure, you know, I'd, I'd love to do that. And I thought about it and I thought, well, I'll go do this for a couple of years and I'll get that experience. And then I'll go back into the agency business at a higher level. 
Well, that was 26 years later. Um, here I sit, and I'm still at Coca-Cola. And uh, uh, as you said, I've had uh, really a, a fortunate um, that I've been able to do many different things. Um, sometimes internal people at Coke uh, will criticize the fact that we don't have a really set manual in terms of how you move up. You know, if you think about a Procter & Gamble or some of the more traditional branding right. companies, they're very specific. You do this job, you do it successfully, then you move to this job, and then you move to this job. And then, Coke's not like that. It's it's very linear, it's in, very in, linear in most corporations. In many, many corporations. And, and Coke is really not like that. So, so for some people, that's hard. Um, but what Coke is really good at is letting people do things that are really outside of what their maybe their core competency is. So I I started in a in a um, marketing role as a project manager, and I moved in a couple different marketing roles, and then I had an opportunity to go lead a team in Baltimore. So I moved to Baltimore from Atlanta and led a team of marketers, and then from there I got a call to go lead a sales team. You know, and at that point I was like, whoa, that's a that's, that's a, a pretty, leap. <laughs> that's a pretty far left turn. <laughs> that's a leap. You know, I, I saw myself as this ad executive who's now a marketing guy who's now being asked to go be a sales guy. Um, but what, what really drove me to it and, and led me to it was um, the fact that it was, uh, it was a little bit more of a general management customer job and that I had uh, some marketing people reporting to me, some salespeople and uh, um, some operations people. So I took it and uh, – um, I've never been back in marketing since. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a few jobs ago. But I, I so I read I land I uh, ran a big customer organization, and it's interesting. I got to a point where um, a big role came open in the division that I was in, and it was the vice president of marketing for the division of food service for for all of our fountain business. And I thought I was perfectly set up for it. You know, I was the perfect candidate. I'd had all this experience and. Uh, agency and sales and marketing, and this was my job. The job was yours. The right? job was mine, except the only problem is they didn't give it to me. <laughs> so, uh, I uh, boy, it was one of those moments where it really causes you to step back and say, okay, is it time for me to leave the company? Is it time for me to reevaluate, you know, what I'm going to do next? Um, so I went and had a good conversation with the hiring manager, which um, – was really important, and I, I still think about it to this day. You know, he told me, he said, you know, you're qualified for the job, and you could do the job, I think, but I'm going to go with someone who has a little bit more breadth than you. You've been in food service now for a long time, and even though you have sales and marketing, the person we're going to hire has this, this, and this. And uh, so I looked at him, and I said, well, okay, then I need more breadth. And that's when I moved into a commercial job uh, internationally. And I started working around the system uh, primarily in Germany, but I, I really, I think I've been to 30 countries uh, wow. with Coca-Cola. And uh, in that job, um, at first it was really undefined and it was very difficult. But um, the phenomenon that was happening at the time, and this is in the probably the 2007 time frame, um, modern trade was really starting to move uh, outside of the U.S. and Europe and into developing traditional trade uh, countries. So think about the Walmarts of the world and the large um, uh, sophisticated retailers, whether it's Carrefour, Tesco in Europe or, or Walmart, they're moving around the world and our Coca-Cola system is used to selling up and down the street. 
selling up uh, traditional trade. Right. So what I found myself doing was, since I'd run a large account team, uh, customer team, I was going into these markets and help helping them uh, set up key account groups to deal with these large, sophisticated manu- or, uh, buyers. So the Walmarts, the the Carrefours, once again, the, even McDonald's is in that in that in that group. So you know you've got a local market who's used to setting pricing and and uh, kind of managing the business and leading the business. Now they're dealing with a very sophisticated purchaser. So to make a long story short, I uh, I spent three years traveling around the world helping business units set up. Well, customer give, account teams. That'll give you breath. That gave me some breath. <laughs> that, that definitely gave me some breath. It gave me a lot of frequent flyer miles too. And it was uh, it was a, it was a it was a difficult time because you know I had a relatively young family and I was traveling a lot and I'd be a couple weeks on and a couple weeks off. Um, but I, I felt like if I if I really could suck this up for a few years, that breath that we talked about was really going to lead to some some great things and. So then after that, three years later, um, three years of doing that job, I got a call to um, uh, come interview for the uh, lead of the Subway business. Now, Subway is a, is the largest food service business in the world, actually larger than McDonald's if you look at the outlets. They have about 50,000 outlets around the world. And now all of a sudden, I'm in a position where I have leadership skills, marketing, sales, and global understanding of how our system works. So uh, I not only interviewed for it, but I, I got the job as vice president, global vice president of the subway relationship for Coke. And um, I wouldn't have been able to get that no. had I just kind of stayed on the marketing sales track, you know? You know, it, it, it brings to mind that sometimes the best career moves are the <laughs> jobs you don't get. That's really, <laughs> you know, that's... And I've had a few. <laughs> I'm just telling you about the one, but there's be, be, been a few be, I've read for that, yeah. Because it gives you – it sort of forces you to expand. That That is really true. I think that's I think that's really, really true. And I think that, you know, I was telling the students earlier today when I was talking to them about, um, you know, just really recognize and learn what you're good at and figure out what your guiding principles are and then build a plan around that. And it's okay to get off the plan. As long as you're building some experiences that are going to help you uh, get into the next role, be more differentiated when you're in your interview, um, it, it's okay. As long as you know what your principles and what you're really good at, if you get too far off the plan, you can always get back. You know, you can always go back to, to, the, to what you're good at. Um, so, yeah, so then it, uh, you know, I did the, the subway job for uh, about five years. And Freestyle is a um, innovation platform that we built from the ground up at Coke. Describe it for people. Yeah, I, I'm sure many people have seen it, but they don't no, that's understand a, that's what good, it is. That's a that's a good um, uh, good push because uh, we have about fifty thousand of them in the marketplace, but that's still relatively small compared to the to the total marketplace of about five hundred thousand outlets. Um, Freestyle is a digital fountain dispenser that has a touchscreen and a user interface where you can have about uh, 175 to 200 choices of drinks in that same footprint of a traditional fountain dispenser. So if it's a fast food restaurant, yeah. the person purchases the drink, yeah. they get a cup to match that purchase, large, yeah. small, medium, whatever, right. giant size. Yeah. 
And then they take it to your machine yeah. and make the selections yeah. themselves. Is that is that correct? That, that's right on. And they and they can it can range from uh, Coca Cola Classic to uh, Dasani Sparkling with Lemon to everything in between. And you can mix and match, and you can create your own mixes. So the the insight that it was built out of was. Um, uh, Variety and customization. Consumers want to be able to customize their beverages. Well, it's like media. People want it when they want it, how they want it, where they want it. (laughs) Absolutely. It's very, very true. Um, It's like everything these days. I think it's all all sort of becoming on demand. Uh, But so we we really worked against that trend and and built this platform, and we've had a fair amount of success with it. This started – we introduced the first dispenser in 2010. I didn't start working on this till uh, it was about two years ago when I took over as the general manager and vice president. And it's so funny if you would have told me um, early on that uh, I I would have come from a place of uh, the script school of journalism into marketing roles and then into sales roles and then into international roles. And someday I'd be leading a, a technology group of 100 engineers. I would have laughed at you. I mean, that, that's something that was so far from my truth that I, I couldn't even imagine. But, but the, the simple story was when that general manager job came open, um, my platform or value proposition that I brought to the – it was actually the chief technical officer of the company was you don't need another technical person. There's plenty of technical expertise in this division. What you need is a sales, marketing, commercial guy who can take this to the next level and really and commercialize it and, and get more scale in the business. And I assume it's, again, similar to media. You're working with technology that is, but you have an eye on what technology will be yeah. and, and how this is going to morph or change. Uh, so you can't just look at now. Yeah. You've got to look at at down the road, and and I'm sure you're looking at how can we innovate this? How can we make it more yeah. uh, customer friendly? How can we avoid waste? Right. How can uh, all of these all of these issues that may not dawn on an yeah. engineer? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Because you know engineers are are really great at uh, building things and and driving technology forward, but you have to have a line of sight on. What are the real movements with consumers that are real versus maybe just a, a short trend? And and we believe that um, you know I said freestyle was originally built on customization and mm-hmm. variety. Where it's moving is personalization. These are the ingredients I want in my beverage, and I want to be able to control how much ingredients go in my beverage. So whether that's Sugar levels or uh, flavorings or uh, spices, um, that, that's where ultimately we think the, the business is moving. So if that's true, and, and uh, we'll say that it is personalization, how does that, or I should say, does that take away from the brand? I mean, Coca-Cola has been a traditional brand. It's had products for years and years and years and years mm-hmm. and decades and decades. Yeah. So does that deplete the brand or how does that enhance the brand? No, that's a that's a great question actually. But uh, no, we think it's additive. You know, we think that um, we think that uh, Coca-Cola Classic and its in its formula, um, you know, we it's it's our flagship product and we sell a we sell a tremendous amount of it. 
But and don't um, you dare change it. No, right? and we're not. <laughs> we, what we, people say. We made that mistake once <laughs> yeah, before. Remember. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that no. again, especially. Uh, um, yeah. Given the last round, but uh, no, we think it's uh, our 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 drive right now is to be a total beverage company. So we're looking at things from uh, you know whether it's it's hot or cold ingredients. Or uh, I made a joke earlier today. I'm seeing turmeric in uh, uh, drinks that are you know in in local shops now. Um, we feel like there's always going to be a, a great home for Coca-Cola. People love Coca-Cola, and um, we will continue to innovate in the packaging and the way we market it and the communication of it. But we, we want to be uh, in all commercial beverages and, so, and sell people what they want. So do you feel con- as an innovator and yeah. a leader of an innovation team, do you feel constrained at all by the brand if you were doing this yeah. at another company that wasn't as traditional as, as Coca-Cola? Yeah. Would it be different? Um, I will uh, – very honestly, I have in my career and uh, it feels very different right now, the environment. We've, uh, we have a, uh, um, a relatively new CEO who has been uh, in place now, James Quincy, for uh, about two years. And he is he is really serious about this notion of total beverage. So uh, I feel like the constraints are um, they're they're if we have constraints, it, they're self-induced. They're self they're self-made, right? It's um, we want to, as I said, we want to be a total beverage company, and we want to sell the beverages that people want. We'll be back after this message. At the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University, students and faculty aren't just ready for change, they're hungry for it. The Scripps College was awarded $878,000 by the Ohio University Innovation Strategy Program for an immersive media initiative that will allow students to become skilled leaders in immersive media, especially virtual and augmented reality. The college's Game Research and Immersive Design Lab will serve as the hub for the initiative and provide several million dollars worth of gear, processes, intellectual property, award-winning scholars, and partnerships for the project. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. So let me ask about your thoughts about innovation and, yeah. and how you have become an innovator with all of these steps that, that you've done. You now, by necessity, have to embrace an innovation and, and really think mm. beyond. Uh, was that something that you just grew into? Was it something that was always with you and had to just be unleashed? How did that work with you? With me personally? Yeah. I think um, – well, I've always been – and this does date back to the, the Scripps days. You know, I, I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I felt like I had a relatively creative side to me, um, a, an inventive side, of me, side to me. So the, I have a little bit of that in my DNA. Um, but I've, I've just been in the business long enough and watched enough change happen to realize that um, – it's it's moving so fast right now that it's it's not okay 
to just be um, okay with your product. Um, and, and we kind of look at it uh, on a gauge of um, there, there always constant there needs to be constant evolve evolvement of your brand. Right. Let's take even Coke Classic for a second. Uh, like I said, whether through packaging or marketing or how we're communicating um, or, or where you can access it, that that continues to, to need to evolve. Um, but when we think about some of the other categories that are out there, maybe um, enhanced waters, nutraceuticals, that's more that's more disruption. That's not that's not a case for change. That is a burning platform. That is something that we need to be faster. We need to be looking at who's out there, what they're doing. We have a strategy right now where we will uh, buy up and coming companies and brands and incubate those, and we'll decide whether we can really scale them or not. Uh, and we're also looking at um, a lot of uh, capabilities internally to create new brands and beverages. So it's a we've got a more robust innovation portfolio than we ever have. But but back to your question, that's how I think about it. I think there's there's degrees of innovation, all the way from iterative, um, uh, incremental innovation to disruption. And I think it, at least in our businesses, we're in disruption. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when you're looking at putting a team together, obviously you don't want everybody to be the same. Yeah. You, you need some of the linear thinkers from uh, engineering and, and yeah. the sciences and, and so forth. What do you look for beyond that? Do you look for somebody who's immensely creative, who can embrace innovation? What, 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 what measures do you use? Yeah. Well, I've I've built a, a team in the last two years. If the if you looked at when I came into the freestyle division versus today, two and a half years later, I think there's maybe one person that's on my leadership team that was there. So it's we've had a, a lot of changeover, um, and I think that um, the what I really look for is if I'm hiring someone that's going to lead engineering and innovation, they have to have a really great um, set of engineering capabilities, but that's just the base. On top of that, to lead an organization like that and to be on the leadership team, they have to really understand the business. And sometimes I call it the guts of the business. You know, So not just the how the technical side of it works, but how our division works. How and that fits in yes, to, to everything else. Exactly. And, and if, if um, um, someone I'm interviewing can demonstrate that they understand that and can apply that with the great capabilities they have in their functional area, um, that's when there's usually some magic. And, it, and it's funny because you can interview five or six people in a day, and if someone can really do that, bring the capabilities of, I'll use engineering again, to the business, that's that's differentiated. That's they, they kind of set themselves apart a little bit. They they can see a a bigger picture yes. beyond just a particular discipline. Yes. Uh, and and are there many people out there doing that? I mean, I could see you going out and hiring an entrepreneur, you know, yeah. a, a real innovator who really has had no boundaries and, and, yeah. and not in the corporate world. And it wouldn't be the right fit, perhaps. Yeah. But you need some of those qualities. Yeah, we do. And, and, and we, have, we have some of those really free thinkers in our organization, um, for sure. You know? But uh, as you move, 
uh, at least in my experience anyway, as you move up in, in the corporation, um, whether you're a marketing lead or a, um, a technology lead or a finance lead, the people that I see that are the most successful are the, are the ones that take that functional leadership and really apply it across the business and understand the business. Because, you know, you can bring in a great free thinker who's super creative and a great uh, entrepreneur mindset. But if they don't really understand how our supply chain works, you know, or how we work with our bottlers. Or um, costs. Yeah, exactly. They're going to have great ideas that you're going to get tired of saying no to because they just won't fit the business. One more area I want yeah. to ask you about, and that is um, you can manage a business. You can manage it at a large corporation like you're doing. You can manage things well. You've obviously had success managing various aspects. But when you're leading change, that's entirely different than management, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is. Yeah. It is. And how do you define that? I mean, it's much more difficult to be a disruptor and to lead change than it – and to do it in a controlled way than it is just to manage something that's already there. Yeah. I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that um, for me, the – when it's really successful is when we have a very clear strategy of what we're doing as a team that every one of my team members can articulate and get pretty close to uh, relative to everybody's the, got the elevator yeah, pitch right yeah and, everybody's and got it. the and 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 for us at freestyle it's simple it is we have got to improve the existing fleet that we have out there uh, innovate with new technology and improve our customer value proposition that's basically what we're trying to do and it gets complicated after that but the next thing is once you have that fundamental strategy then we spend a lot of time prioritizing the work that matters most. And in my group, I have 165 people that work in my organization. We have six buckets of work that matters most. And if someone's doing something, and we often say this, and my leaders will say this, you know, if you're working on something for a day and it's not, you can't directly line that back up to the work that matters most or the strategy, then you probably shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be working on that. Do do something else. Yeah. So it's that common direction that you get buy-in to. Yeah. And I assume that that's probably easier when you're in a group that is entirely dedicated to change. Yeah. If you're in an organization that yeah. is sort of bucking change yeah. and saying, well, uh, we've never done it that way. Yeah. But that doesn't sound like Coca-Cola. It sounds it's, like Coca-Cola yeah. as an institution yeah. has embraced that philosophy. Well, we, we really have. I mean, you know, the, the, um, that's really the only way forward. I, and I'm, I'm not all that up to speed on a bunch of other categories and brands and businesses, but I, I can't imagine a, a business that's not really aggressively or, or thinking about robust change. Of, of how they're either going to do things better or how they're going to really innovate and, and change. It's just the, the marketplace doesn't allow it. It's too impatient. Chris, thanks for your time. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. It's great to be back here. Today, we've been talking with Chris Hellman, Global Vice President, General Manager of the Coca-Cola Freestyle Division and a leading innovator in the beverage business. Thank you.
Spectrum is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hudson. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or at NPR One. Spectrum also is available at the NPR Podcast Directory. We always welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast and review it through one of your podcast outlets.